hello and welcome to Sola Sisters. I'm Erica. And I'm Kurt. And happy Reformation Day. Yay, we love it. Yes, we do. Um, today we're talking about some of the people of the Reformation and why we like the Reformation. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh-huh. Let's get into it. So we're just going to talk about like a handful of the homies from the Reformation. Um, However, I want to start with homie number one, who actually lived in the 1300s. So not really a reformer, but he was a, what's the word I want? A catalyst for the reformers? Is that Mm -hmm. a good word? Mm -hmm. Look at me. Martin Luther denied being one of his followers and then later came back and said actually i do yes. like his theology yes 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> right it's that yeah. I, i'm pretty sure yeah so if you uh, i'm sure for those listening if you've been a christian like your entire life and grew up in a christian home you probably have like a wycliffe commentary somewhere by um i think moody press makes them but i could be lying to you but that's, like, one of the most common um, commentaries that you can find. And it's based off of John Wycliffe's work. Not necessarily his commentary, per se, but it's based off of his ideals. Which I think is super cool. Because it's such a common common commentary. I was not talking about him. Oh, are you talking about someone else? Mm-hmm. Who are you talking about? Someone on your list. Oh. Um, yeah, we'll get there. I we'll guess I there. thought we'll he was there. older. I apologize for assuming your age. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he looks pretty old. Um, Okay, so John Wycliffe. Yes, 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 yes. Check this out. This is crazy to me. So he studied at Oxford. He's a British dude. Um, And so he... Let me back up a little bit. So we don't know exactly when he was born... The best guess is 1320s-ish. And um, he went to Oxford in 1346, but he didn't get his doctorate until 1372. Wow. Due to many pauses in his education and shutdowns from the Black Plague. (laughs) (laughs) Sound familiar? (laughs) He should have just gone online. Oh my gosh. It took him almost 30 years. My gosh. You know, that's an acceptable reason to shut down uh-huh. a school. I'll give it to him. <laughs> I just think that's so funny. When I read that, I was like, interesting. We're doing that too. Let's hope it doesn't take freaking 30 years. Gee, oh goodness. Um... <laughs> But uh, during that time, he was already becoming well-known before he got his doctorate because he started writing papers and all this stuff. Like, he started translating the Bible um, during this time. He's like, well, if I can't finish my doctorate, I'm just going to start doing this. But um, because the Catholic Church was the only church at the time, because the Reformation won't happen for another 200 years. Yeah. So, um what he wanted to do, he was, would speak out against the, the papacy. 
saying that scripture was supreme over the Pope and the church. Um, he called out transubstantiation, mm-hmm. said it was stupid. He said that going to <laughs> confession was a waste of time and selling it of indulgences was not biblical. Oh my gosh. Isn't that great? What a guy. <laughs> Uh-huh. He, was that like did he really just say it was stupid yeah that's, that's so funny that's the quote i found <laughs> on the interwebs <laughs> isn't that great i'm sure it had like a more like classical meaning to it at one point but because we've used it in such derogatory ways it it's just hilarious yeah that's um, funny oh it's so funny um and he believed that the common person should have the Bible in their own language so that they can know scripture for themselves. Yes. But the church deemed that as vulgar for it to be in any other language other than, I'm guessing, Latin at the time. <clears throat> well, yeah, because then you can go study it for yourself. Uh-huh, and and you all don't... the things that you were being taught, <laughs> you find out where you I find out where wrong. Interesting. You want That's to control what, people. you got to look out for churches also to this day that come out with their own translations of the Bible, too. Uh-huh. And don't yes, encourage you, you to look at the, like, widely accepted translations. So I know that, um, was it Bethel, I think, uses the Passion Translation? Yes. Then they made it. Right. That's yeah. their translation. Uh-huh. And there's things that are added to it. There's things that are taken out of it. There's oh, things it that just are just... the worst. Like, very, like, finely tweaked. Yes. Very that can sneakily. change the entire meaning of a verse, oh, though. Oh, yeah. That are so easy to miss. Right. And like, so they similar to, you. Um, uh, I think it's the New World Translation, the, the Jehovah Witness Translation, that mm-hmm. just translates the God to a God in John right. 1. It changes everything. Right. It's, that one word changes the enti- your entire theology. Mm-hmm. And it's damnable at that point. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so yes. I'm not going to go as far to say that the Passion Translation is damnable because I haven't ever read it and I don't ever want to use that big of a claim. Mm-hmm. But the Jehovah's Witnesses, though I haven't read it, that theology is damnable. I uh, listened to a podcast one time. I want to say Christ is the cure, but don't quote me on that. And uh, he said after studying uh, the Passion and New World Translation, he would encourage people, if you only have two, get the New World Translation. What? <laughs> oh, no. That is bad. <laughs> That is bad. Yeah. I can't jump on that. I, I know. I we, I, we don't know. Yeah, we I can't, can't say for that. sure that I agree with that or not. But, but we're are, also not going to study it, so right. sorry. There are churches today, <laughs> I was just saying, there are there are people still today that claim to be Christians that do this kind of thing. Yes. And they encourage you to read theirs instead of widely accepted other translations, ESV, NASB, NA, or NIV, NLT, whatever you want to pick from mm-hmm. that are accepted by majority of christian churches Mm -hmm. and so um to have your own exclusive translation is just probably a a red flag yeah or like similar to the king james only peoples as well same concept if you're not encouraged to read um other translations of scripture like i don't even stick with just one Mm -hmm. there's a good chunk that are really great to get a different perspective of. Um, especially if you get, like, stuck in a rut and you, like, can't get past, like, the wording of a certain passage or something. It's so great to go to a different translation. Oh, yeah. Not to say, though, that if your church says, we read out of the ESV, mm-hmm. that that's bad. 
But if they force you to only get an ESV Bible and check it at the door, then maybe, like, why? Mm -hmm. That wouldn't make sense. What are you trying to do? Right. Though, like, our church... Our pastor reads out of the NASB, mm-hmm. but there's people that have all sorts of different translations yes. walking mm-hmm. into the church, and so it's not required that you get an NASB, but that's just what our pastor prefers. Mm-hmm. And so there's a freedom there, and he's also not making his own. Yes, so um, that's true. Anyway, I didn't mean to go that long on mm-hmm. it, but I just did. Want no, that's a good out. point. It's a super good point to point out because that was like the main emphasis. Eph- <laughs> emphasis. <laughs> And then the minute. <laughs> oh, I can't even with myself. I'm so sorry. Um, but that's the point of the Reformation. Yeah. That was the main idea that every person should have easy access to scripture, mm-hmm. which is why all the people we'll talk about today. I think that's the biggest one is... is Easy access to scripture. Mm-hmm. Like, if you believe that Christ's blood and body are the literal elements of communion, then, like, that's fine. I don't agree with you, but you don't agree with me, and I don't think that that's an issue to really separate and divide sure. on. Mm-hmm. Though, It can get a little you, cannibal-y at times. Sometimes. <laughs> but if you, if you believe that you have to go to a pope to make right your sins that you don't have direct mm-hmm. access to god then what did christ die for uh-huh. what is the right. holy spirit here for we have direct communication right. we are the we are the temple now mm-hmm. the holy spirit resides in us we have direct communication and if we don't then christ's death means nothing correct mm-hmm. so it's just so interesting too because you can definitely see the difference between churches who have a correct interpretation of the Old and New Testament, whereas other churches will put one emphasis over the other. Like, the Catholic Church definitely has a greater emphasis over the Old Testament than the New, which is why they have the same practices of, like, almost like a Levitical priesthood, Mm -hmm. but a Christian version, question mark? Ugh! Isn't that disgusting? Um... (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's the exact same concept... Instead of sacrificing an animal, now you have to go to confession and just verbally sacrifice your right. sins. Right, And if you don't, bummer summer, dude. Right. And that is just freaking awful. Like, not to say that you don't still confess your sins with your mouth and repent yes. out loud. Yes. To people that you've sinned against, to the Lord, above all else. Mm-hmm. Because even if you don't sin against another person, you always sin against God. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you Correct. should be confessing that with your mouth. You should be telling people, I struggle with this and I fell into this mm-hmm. sin and I need help. I need accountability. Yes. I need prayer. I need That's the rebuking. point of the church. It's so right. great. So you still confess with your mouth your sins, but not forgiveness for your soul to people. Yes. But for accountability and for, and for help. And for, right. for sanctification. Yes. Whereas the Catholic Church has it in the opposite view. You have to continually justify yourself over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Because they, they're a works righteous religion. It's all about making sure that you confess your sins in a certain way to the priest. Or you participate in the seven sacraments. Is that what they yeah. call them? Yeah. 
things like that where you have to earn your way to Christ and that the atonement isn't sufficient for your sins and that the cross of Christ is pretty much arbitrary at that point. It doesn't mean anything if you have to do all this work in order to get to heaven. Right. It's so nice to believe in unconditional election. Yeah, dude. <laughs> For real. Yeah. <laughs> so freeing. Yeah, truly. Um, but anyway, so John Wycliffe, um, he died before that he before he could finish translating the Bible into the common language, and he had a friend finish it for him, which is cool. But after, it was over 40 years after he died that people went and dug up his body, officially condemned him as a heretic, like, officially to the Catholic Church, because I guess you have to present the body. Ew. And then they threw his remains into a river. What, was he, like, in purgatory, and then once they... (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, nah, bruh. Like, how does that affect his soul? Did he go to heaven... Then they condemned him, and God was like, oh, we got a 2319, we got to kick him out. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. But for our next fella, he was heavily influenced by John Wycliffe and his teachings. And that homie is, it's either Jan or John or Yan Hus. That's who I was talking about. That's who you're talking about? Luther was in a debate with somebody, and they were like, you're just a Hussite. And he's like, ugh, I would never be a Hussite. Uh-huh. Hussite, then, that's hilarious. Um, then he went and read Huss's work and was like, I recant that. Mm-hmm. I, am I am a Hussite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so funny. Um, But he lived from 1369 to 1415. <laughs> I'm just having a stroke. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I can't even. (laughs) So, still not even to the Reformation. Still not there. Yeah. Yeah. um, Which is just so crazy to me. Um, So, his challenge to the Church of Rome, i.e. the Catholic Church... Um, was that Christ was the head of the church and not the Pope. <laughs> Gasp. <laughs> I know. Um, and he called on the, the church as a whole to recant these beliefs. Um, and then he, uh, oh gosh. Um, and he knew he wasn't going to get a fair trial because he was burned at the stake almost immediately after doing this. Um, Knowing that he wasn't going to get a fair trial, he said, I appeal to Jesus Christ, the only judge who is almighty and completely just. In his hands, I plead my cause, not on the basis of false witnesses or erring counsels, but on truth and justice. How dope is that? (laughs) So then, but after that, he was put to death. Um, He was burned at the stake. Um, and his own writings were used for his kindling. Whoops. Um, and then his, this is a pretty well-known thing if you're reformed, but I think it's just so cool. His last words were, in a hundred years, God will raise up a man who calls (laughs) for reform and cannot be suppressed. And almost a hundred years later, I think it's like 98 technically, um, Martin Luther comes on the scene. And I think that's just so freaking cool. My gosh. Um, 
And then Martin Luther wasn't stopped. Doesn't he use, like, like an animal or something? He um, says... And then... Someone called him a cook, cooked goose, and he said, yes, I'm a cooked goose right now, but a black swan will rise up. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. Luther, or and Martin, that's the same his person. name means something. His name oh, means, I don't know. Isn't that what it is? I have no idea. Did I make that up? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Did they I call him that? I thought, um, I think from the Luther documentary... From I think it's in one of his writings or something like that where he said that the way that his robe looked on him when he was rejecting the council or um I'm sorry the becoming a monk whatever you call that when he was about to reject it his robes made him look like a black swan or something along those lines maybe his name means something too I don't know but how dope is that. I think that's so dope. Um, tradition says that before being led to the funeral, um, Huss said, they will roast a goose now because Huss means goose. Oh, but after, okay. after a hundred years, they will hear a sand sing and they will endure. Keep in mind that Huss means goose. Whether this actually is was said or not is hard to say. However, the specific quote is Martin Luther who came approximately a hundred years later. Um, cool. Okay, so never mind. Okay, so Huss means the goose. goose. Okay. Interesting. That's so fascinating. They roast a goose. And then, um, we've talked about Martin Luther before. If you're curious, go find it. Yeah. Um, but the other homie I want to talk about was William Tyndale. Um, there's also a publishing company called Tyndale Press. Mm -hmm. Is that what it is? I think it's Press. Tyndale. Something, Tyndale Publishing, something like that. But that's named after this brother. So, um, he was born in 1494, and he died in 1534. So, um, he was an older, uh, older-ish, I suppose, um, when the Reformation actually occurred. Um, I guess the majority of his life, I suppose. Yeah, that was the you last... 17 years of his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just about, huh? Yeah, because the Reformation kicked off 1517. Mm-hmm. And if he died 1534, then that would be literally 17 years. Yeah. Yeah. You're about right. Um, math. math. I'm good at math. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot. Um, and he... So he's famously known for translating the Bible. Um... But his was different because he wasn't translating from Latin, which is what the Catholic Church was doing at the time. He was translating the Old and New Testament from the original Greek and Hebrew. Wow. So that's what makes his a little different. Maybe Uh he stands out a bit bit more just because I'm sure it was pretty different since since the Catholic Church wanted their power so much. I'm sure they had a few tweaks here and there. Oh, yeah. As well. They had to. Maybe that's too presumptuous on my end, but I'm going to make that statement. Well, they I don't care. A few tweaks to their translation? Is yeah, that what you're like, saying? Yeah, like the Catholics tweaked their Latin isn't version. That, well, yeah, isn't that what Luther says to them? Oh, I don't know. Like, I'm sure. With, with indulgences, he, like, oh, fights them on Because there's nothing in scripture about that. Yeah, and he's like, you changed this to be this, but really... Is that in the 95 Theses? 
I don't remember. I, oh, man. This is like... I think we covered it in the Luther episode. I think so, too, actually. I might be lying, though, so... Just go Sorry. read the 95 Theses and let yeah. us know. Um... <laughs> And uh, some statistics say that um, the New King James, no, not the New, the King James Bible, the thous and these and that that one, mm-hmm. um, was 83% of Tyndale's translation of the New Testament and 70, 76% of the Old Testament. Wow. So the majority of the King James Bible is of Tyndale's writings, which I think is cool. Um, and then when he was accused of heresy, he said, if God spare my life before very long, I shall cause a plowboy, plowboy, to know the scriptures better than you do. (laughs) To this random priest. He's like, I'm going to teach just a whippersnapper down the road the scriptures better than you know them. And I think that's cool. Um... But then he was also burned at the stake, because Catholics love burning people. Rip. <laughs> um, that must really suck, though. Like, that has to be terrifying. Uh-huh. It sounds not great. Didn't um, Nero, like, light corridors with Christian bodies yeah, back in the day? Yeah, he them in tar and lit them on fire That's to tight. light his hallway and stuff. Great. Always a good thing. Always a good idea. Um, <laughs> but that's so much further back in church history. It's around the Peters. Oh, 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 this is cool, too. I remember reading about this a while ago. Um, while he was being burned, while he was dying before everyone's eyes, he prayed out loud that God would open the king's eyes. Hmm. And... Just a few years after Tyndale was killed, King Henry VIII allowed the publication of the English Bible. Wow. How freaking dope is that? I just got goosebumps. That's so cool. Um, and there's been problems ever since with translations and the freaking Catholic Church, man. But I just think it's so cool to look back at church history and look at all these people. Like, these three men lived in different centuries. <laughs> But they all had the same view of scripture because right. scripture itself affirms that. Right. They got their idea from scripture. Mm-hmm. And just like um, with any of the systematic theologies that you'll hear of, um, like with Calvinism versus Arminianism or like what is homardiology, hum, what is... Theology proper, what is Christology, all these different things. Like, we've created systems of theology over hundreds and hundreds of years of men studying the scriptures beforehand and all agreeing over the hundreds and hundreds of years that this is what scripture says. Mm -hmm. Which is why we can trace back all the way, it's like the 1300s. We can trace back to Augustine in the 8300s that... Scripture is sufficient for life and godliness. Right. And it's all you need to understand who Jesus is, to understand who you are before him, understand what the cross actually did for you, understand the significance of his resurrection. And all these men's, men agree. And I think when we have a 
unity that surpasses time, I think that's very telling of the power of scripture. Mm-hmm. And I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And even if these men didn't speak up when they did, God would have called other men to. Somebody would have. Somebody yeah. would have. These guys were doing the same thing that Luther did. And, but it was Luther that met, that left the lasting mark mm-hmm. for the Christian church. Mm-hmm. And so Cause he was there's crazy. people that are, are standing up for the faith even right now mm-hmm. and fighting back. And there are people before us that have fought back. And there are people that will come after us that will fight back. Mm-hmm. And we don't know who's going to make that lasting imprint. But there's nothing new. If we are getting our theology and our biblical worldview from scripture and not what we put into scripture, but what scripture does for us. If we have a true biblical worldview and understanding, then we'll make changes. We'll make differences. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll leave a lasting imprint, not for our namesake, but for Christ. Right. And mm-hmm. we, we are in battle mm-hmm. with flesh. Right. Um, and people who just, who hate his word. And so us celebrating Reformation Day or Halloween or whatever you want to call it, isn't because we celebrate Martin Luther, isn't because we worship John Calvin, isn't because we, we follow Huss or Wycliffe or, um, Tyndale. Mm -hmm. It's because we follow Christ Mm -hmm. and they took a stand and allowed us to, to, I don't know, put into words, I guess, what we believe today. Yes. Like, have a system for it. Mm -hmm. But if it wasn't them, it would have been somebody else. Right. Mm -hmm. Because the the word doesn't return void. Right. So uh, there's always going to be people in history who will understand it fully and truly through the power of the Spirit, illuminating the truth of who God is to these wretched men. And we are all going to come to agreeance as we continue to search the words. But this is also why we talked about earlier, like having a proper translation of the word is so important. You can't just read whatever Bible you want and think you're going to get the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're not. You have to be so cautious. So, so cautious. Which is also why you have to be so cautious with who is shepherding you? What pastors are you listening to? Right. Are they qualified for their position? You have to be careful of that. If they have right. a million followers on Instagram, probably not. And just because they're nice people outwardly doesn't mean a darn thing. Uh-huh. Correct. Um, so look at what scripture says. Are they following a true... Are they meeting all the true criteria of being a shepherd over your soul? Mm-hmm. Because that's a hearty task. And for yes. anyone to take it lightly doesn't understand Christ. Correct. I would, I would say, though... That just because you have a proper translation of scripture doesn't mean you're going to be a Calvinist. There are plenty of people <laughs> mm-hmm. out there that I count as brothers and sisters in the faith and they, me, as a sister in Christ, mm-hmm. that are not Calvinists, that yeah. are not Reformed. And that is totally okay. Yes. But they have a biblical understanding of who God is, even yes. if we don't hit all the same points. Right. So... You can understand scripture and have a security of salvation and not believe in the five points of mm-hmm. tulip. Which is, and that's totally fine. Yes, there is diversity within the body. As long as you're going back to scripture, understanding 
a specific passage within its context of what the church at the time was going to and how the proper application for the universal church is supposed to be used today. And from culture to culture, it's going to look different a little bit. But the main point still stands of who we are before God, mm-hmm. who Christ is, um, what the atonement did for us, what the resurrection does, all these things. We will have the gospel in common. Right. All the extra stuff right. on top. We can disagree and there's freedom to d- disagree because Christ is our foundation. And... We shouldn't let that ruin ruin friendships. That shouldn't ruin relationships. And it's okay that those things are different. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can learn from each other in that, too. How boring would it be if we all just immediately believed the same thing? Like, we wouldn't have any fun conversations about Jesus. We wouldn't have crazy inside jokes with each other. And say, like, (laughs) that girl's a head cover. What a crazy lady over there. (laughs) JK, I am a head cover. LOL. But, um, (laughs) so I would be the one saying that because I'm not a head cover. Correct. (laughs) But like, with stuff like that too. There's freedom to disagree and it's fine. And we both can make fun of each other and it's (laughs) fine. Yeah. Um, actually, because I'm not a head cover, Kirsten would like to stop doing the podcast with me. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. But doesn't that just sound silly? It does sound silly. So it is so petty if people are... Losing friendships over crap like that. Right. But anyway, that's all I have to say. Me too. Okay. Yeah. Happy Reformation Day. Yay. Divide from things that aren't godly, but stay unified in things that are. Um, and search scripture to figure out what those things are. Mm-hmm. You have it in English, and it's because of all the dead people we just talked about. You're yes. welcome. Rip. Rip. And one day we'll get to meet them. How dope is that? But I won't care about them because I'll be with Christ. That's true. But maybe I'll... We'll know. just, like, knuckle each other and I'll do, on. like, some finger guns. That's <laughs> 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 so funny. All right, yeah. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Happy Reformation Day. Happy Halloween. Whatever you want to call it. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And as always, all glory be to Christ. Bye. Later.